pet. Two best friends who love to chat. Oh, what it's like to be an ant. Those who ant. Those who ant. Hello, and thank you for listening to Those Who Ant, the podcast that helps you see the world through ant-colored glasses. I am Auntie Mags. I'm Aunt Pat. And uh, Pat, you look a little shaky. What's going on? Uh, I fell down. Just now? No, it was, um, what is today? It was um, not, yes. I don't, I I will never know the answer to that. Yeah, I can't tell. It may have been today. It may have been April. Uh, It was a cup. it was... The day, be- the day before yesterday, I want to say, and I fell down and I'm still shooken up. What the heck happened? Are you all right? I'm fine. I guess I was taking a walk and trying to, um, you know, just be outside and not be inside with my thoughts. And um, I must have hit a, you know, I my feet, have you ever gotten an, a diagnosis that your feet over or under? They po-po-nate, po-pro-pro-pro. They probe, they, 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 okay. I walk on the outside of my feet and I must've caught a little divot and down I went. And let me tell you, I saw my life. Basically I saw my front teeth flash before my eyes. Cause if I hadn't caught myself with my hands, that would have been that. Oh my God. So what were you on the sidewalk? I was on the sidewalk and I caught a little, I, I looked behind me afterwards and I thought, where is it? I couldn't tell exactly where I had caught the lip. Uh, the uh-huh. something, or maybe it was a stone or something or whatever, or maybe like a gremlin grabbed my ankle. Like, I don't really believe in that, but anyway, I down I went. Boy, did I look like an asshole. Now, are you all right? No. I mean, I'm fine, but I'm also, I, now I'm very nervous to go walking around. Yeah. You know, there's two things. One, you know, I grew up playing softball, so um, I have very weak ankles because I used to just sprain my ankles all the time and play through it. So now if like there's a pebble under my foot, my ankle gives. Uh, so I understand that fear of, you know, not not feeling stable. I get that. But mostly I want you to know that maybe this is a way for you to be more empathetic about the struggles of your mail carrier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I wonder if she fell down onto... I'll ask her. Maybe I could ask her. Maybe this is my way no, into no, reestablishing a relationship with her. I think that you should definitely not ever ask her because if mm-hmm. you if you're going to go into this conversation and say like what happened, then you can't do that. You know. Well, I would point at her leg. I wouldn't just come up and say what happened in general. I'd point directly at the leg that turns out and be like, "What happened?" And then I could show her because I scraped up my palms really good. I'd be like, "Ugh." Are we the same or what? I don't walk on my hands, so that's different. And I don't deliver the mail. So those are two strikes. Okay, I hear what you're saying is don't approach her, and I probably won't. But now I get it. Yeah. I get it. Because yeah. if, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I'd fallen and my leg all of a sudden went sideways, I'd be like, oh, are you kidding? And then I might be a little bit angry at the world and a little bit resentful of someone who came up and tried to do my job. There you go. See? Hey, this was a big step for you. Good job. So listen, I know you had to fall. But it's like what what uh, white men do. You fell up. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I fell up. Fell and then right as up. I as I was getting up, I grabbed someone's skirt and I looked right under it like a pervert. Did that really happen? No. I wish there was no one around. Oh, yeah. this was the white man analogy where you where yeah. you became a pervert. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's relatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That I, there sense. was no one around. You know, what I gotta say, I've crossed the threshold of age where I wasn't embarrassed. I wasn't worried about someone being around. I was like, oh lord. Help. Help me. Will no one help me? So that's how you can tell that I've crossed whatever invisible line that is. And I thought, this is it. Because I didn't, I couldn't tell if any, if I was able to get up right away at first. I thought, I guess I'll lay here until a motorist 
uh, comes by and yeah. and roll the dice with whoever that weirdo is who stops because the lady's in the street. But I'm fine. You remember when I tore my quadricep, my left quadricep muscle at the YMCA because I fell in the parking lot? Yeah. There were people within, there were people, I'm convinced those people saw me and didn't do anything about it. Well, can I counterpoint, if yeah. I may? It's a, it's a world that we live in where you don't know what's going to happen because there's a part of me that thinks if I see someone laying down, what kind of scam is this? Is there someone else that they know just off in the distance waiting for me to help them? And then all of a sudden I'm under a net. They've trapped me in a net. Yeah. Well, a couple things. One, I was just in workout clothes. So there's no hidden nets. Unfortunately, we live in a world where female workout clothes are basically only spandex. Whether you want it to be that or not, right. you're stuck. Right. And so everything I was wearing was, you know, so much tighter than I would want anything to be on my body. Yeah. But right. I fell down and I was coated in a mixture of rainwater and cement dust. It was, that's what I, that's what I slipped on. And uh, nary a caution sign, by the way. Hmm. But uh, so I don't think I posed, and I was crying. I don't think I posed too much of a threat. Okay. Were you crying? Can I be honest? I was in too much shock. I haven't fallen in a minute. And I thought I was standing up and all of a sudden, there I was just on the ground. Then I thought, well, first I felt very sorry for myself. And I was very yeah. curious if I would be okay and how would I get home and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I did hobble back. And then you realize, oh, people fall down all the time. Much worse things happen to people. And I thought, yeah. okay, you know what? Upside, I didn't fall and knock out all my teeth and swallow yeah. them and then poop out my teeth. Yeah, thank God. Because, ah, oh, that's a nightmare. Can you I imagine? Never want you. I would never want to poop out my own teeth. That's for I'd sure. be so afraid to poop if I'd swallowed my teeth. That would hurt. If it's a canine, holy hell. Yeah. So you know what? I'm bringing that energy into this new year, somewhat new year, is that I'm not pooping out my own teeth. Thank you, God. One more day, somewhat upright. That's my takeaway. You know, when I say thank you, God, you know who I think of? Who's that? Oh, I know. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, right. It's our okay. guest. Yeah. I, I'm just going to go ahead because I want to hear, you know, what, what he's got to say about, uh, you know, slipping, falling, for any kind of slips and falls, but also a, literally everything else. I just want to hear what our guest has to say about literally every topic. Ladies and gentlemen, mostly ladies, but however you identify, please welcome to the podcast, Uncle Pete. Hey. Pete, how are you? Hey. Hey. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Life's good. Now, Pete, have you recently... Have you fallen down? Are you a falling type of person? Because when I look at you, I never see like, you know, you don't seem like the kind of person who's prone to that. But when's the yeah, last yeah, time yeah. you think you fell down? Oh, I, I fell yesterday. I fall all the time. I fall oh, all the time. my the thing God. Is, I don't land on the ground every time I fall. Sometimes I fall and I'm still standing, but it still counts as a fall. You see? Yeah. Yeah. yeah even you if know? you catch yourself. Yeah. Even if you even catch if you yourself, catch that's still a fall. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. I, I used to never have to do that before. You know, now I'm looking down at my feet. I kind of look back, you know. Yeah. yeah. I have the feeling the sidewalk has a thing for me. That's why every time I slip, I turn around and look, see which line it was that tried to get me. There, remember when Alicia Keys came out with that song? Remember that song where she starts it by saying, I keep on falling? Yeah. But just the beginning of that song, I was like, relatable. And yeah. then it was like, in yes. and out of love. And I was like, well, not me. You lost not me. me. Now, if she would have said, in and out of pavement, bam. Song for us. That's yep. the Bedell song. Yes. Oh my God. I keep on falling. Should I give up or keep on chasing pavements? Mash up. Yes. Somebody do it. Yeah, yeah. That'd be fantastic. So, Pete, thank you. You know, if I have a friend, this is not you, Pete, and this is not you, Mags, but you know, you have a friend 
who's like, oh, I don't fall down. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not currently overdrawn. I'm like, okay, well, you know what? You could have at least lied and made me feel better. Because sometimes, you know, I ask questions and I'm really, what I'm really looking for is a little uh, understanding and we're in the same boat. But what I get sometimes is, no, not really. Move it along. So I'm just so glad. I'm grateful for the two of you. Yeah, well, that's just terrible behavior. That's terrible behavior. First of all, lie, okay? Obviously, somebody's calling you. They obviously want some, uh, you know, they want to identify emotionally. Lie. Think about, think about all the things you could tell the truth about, right? Your, your, uh, your finances, your age, how, uh, how you emotionally feel about your family. You can lie about balance. You can lie yeah. about your balance. Like, it, it, that's, that's the not, least harmful. Yeah. That's the least harmful. Yeah, no, you know what? Somebody called me and says, oh, Pete, I'm falling all the time. You know what I'm going to say to them? I'm going to say, I'm falling too. Shit, I'm falling right now. But did you? But but do you really fall when we call? Like, is it different from when Pat Pat and I ask you? you like, you, tell the truth. Do you, I fall. You, yeah. I okay. Fall. Yeah. Okay. I fall. I believe you. You say things, and I believe you. Honest, honestly, yeah. you give a lot of good details, Pete. Because you're like, oh, I do that thing where I, I fall, but I haven't fallen all the way. I catch myself. Yeah. And that that's what they call like like if you were like a murder suspect. And they said, where were you? Because I think the other kind of person who, who wouldn't be like, I was at home. You'd say, I was at home. And I had just done one of those thousand piece jigsaw puzzles, but the yeah. last p- piece I couldn't find. And I was on my hands and knees with a flashlight looking for it. And that's when I, if I was a cop, which I'm not, but I I know I wouldn't be good at it. But that's the kind of thing I'd be like, well, this guy was at home doing a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. yeah who thinks yeah. to make up a, a thing like that? Where right, it's like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah that's a real thing. You know, but if I am a murder suspect, then that means I know something about it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, people don't just pick people out of random. You know, it's, it's millions of people. All of a sudden, they're they looking at you. you. You know something. You know, no one ever just walks down the street and goes, hey, you, you look like you know something about that murder that happened. No. I watch a lot of forensic files. Oh, me too. Me too. Okay. And I think, first and foremost, if you're going to murder somebody, watch forensic files. Because whatever you was thinking about, somebody tried and got caught. And, and so you need to study a little bit, you know? A hundred percent. And, you know, I, I'm not I'm not as big on forensics files. I've seen it. It's just I have a favorite and it's Dateline. But Dateline. I, yeah. I totally agree with you because watch a couple Datelines, and I'm not advocating for this because I'm a very nonviolent person. But if you do have, and I'm talking a good reason to murder someone, I mean, yeah. it's got to be really good, then watch some Datelines because it's, because it, even sometimes, you think he got away with it, and then 20, 30 years later, some some moron somewhere puts the DNA into, like, they want to know about themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, well, Aunt Pat I, I did it, you know? Every time I watch a date, like, first of all, I love all them shows, okay? I mean, if you kill somebody yeah. and try to get away with it, that's great television for me. I, I, I just want to see all of it. I want to see every little detail. I love uh-huh. sometimes it's always like, ooh, a little kid in Maine found a rock. And then it turned out to be a soda pop in Oklahoma. And the next thing you know, they found nine missing children in Idaho. I mean, that's my kind of television. But uh, what I don't ever understand is why not just walk away? Like, it's always, you know, he was getting divorced and she was leaving and she was cheating on him. Okay, walk away. Become lonely. You know, but uh, to become a murderer. Do you understand what I'm saying? I feel like the choice is lonely or murderer. I'm choosing lonely. Not that I want to be lonely. If you marry a man, I feel like there's a 50-50 he's going to murder you. It's worse than that because I want to say like there's a lot we they don't know that she was murdered. They're like, you know, she went they went camping and she 
tumbled off a cliff. You know, there's a lot that they don't know. I think it's very high. And that's not me trying to be dark. That's just me saying, you know, men, sometimes they're like, not only, and and Pete, you're one of the good ones, but I got to tell you, some of these men are like, I'd really prefer not to be lonely. I want to kill this person, find another person, and then have some life insurance money. And that's just called mm-hmm. going for it, I suppose. Yeah. Well, first of all, every, if you marry a man, you're going to get murdered 100% of the time. Yeah. Every man murders his wife. It's just, just like the fallen, you just don't die. You see? That's oh. right. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to say some truth things, yeah, Pete. You know. And here they come. Yeah, but in his mind, he's murdered you several times. Yeah. And is, uh, it, is it also like a metaphorical? There's like a spiritual murder, like a literal and a figurative? Uh, no, I think he visualizes murdering you. He just doesn't, you know, actually go through it for whatever reasons, maybe because, you know, cleaning blood is, is, is difficult or, you know. You're never going to get away with it. Yeah, you're or never you're never going to get away with it. Or, you know, you guys had an appointment that night, you know. Manna from Mars. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure that Mags is going to tell me, in, and I look forward to this, in which way I'm wrong for saying this, but I get it. I get it. I, I was married, as you know, to Ron for a while, and it didn't work out. And sometimes when he would look at me, you know, like he'd give me a look, and I'd think, what was I just doing that made him look at me like, if I could, I would. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He killed you just then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think about things that I do that maybe just go, you know, uncommented on, and I think, okay, well, that was probably, all right, I'm playing with fire here by behaving in this way or doing this thing. So I'm not saying that, you know, oh, I deserve to be murdered or whatever, but sometimes maybe I just, get, I, I dance a bit too close to the edge. At in what world would I ever let you talk about yourself like that? In what world would you say yeah, sometimes I do th- some things that are a little murder deserving or I tip, I tiptoe. I'm, it's a tightrope walk between me being livable and killable. I don't think so, madam. I will not allow that kind of talk about you because what, what was the worst thing you ever did to Ron? Love him? Love his sorry ass? Is that a murderable offense? I don't think so. Loving an ogre? Loving an absolute cloven-footed demon hellmouth of a serpentine bastard? Okay. Definitely not murderable. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, you don't murder for those reasons, no. And I, I, and I think it goes both ways. I think it's not a, I don't, you know what, I think wanting, I think murdering people in your mind is non-binary, okay? I, I don't think it, I don't think it has a gender. I think Everybody murders in their mind, no matter how you identify. Right. You know? Really? Yeah. I've never, now I've never mentally murdered anybody. Oh, oh really? Wow. 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 You guys? Oh, yeah. Um, I, oh, yeah. Murder all the time. I was in the store the other day and I was like, how much of these Oreos? She's like, I'm busy and murder. I don't like loud sounds. I don't like loud trucks and, and motorcycles. And sometimes I think about when I hear a loud motorcycle, you know, because they've taken off whatever part of it makes it less loud. I think about if I had a long metal rod and I st- and I could get close to it and I could stick it in there into the rim where the wires are. And the they spokes. would. Yeah, the spokes. And they it would fly into the air and it would turn to a ball of flame. And the person would die and I wouldn't be sad. And that I said it, you know, I'm just saying, why, why are you making it louder? 
I don't like it. Pat, remember that span of time where there was construction outside of my house for what felt like 18 to 20 years? I think it was the length of someone who isn't good at school going to college. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I remember one morning I woke up and, you know, there's ordinances. They're not supposed to be doing construction at certain times of the day. And this one woke me up at like 7.30 in the morning and they were like right outside my window. And I just screamed outside my open open window. I hate you. And then I felt very guilty about saying that even I hate you because I thought, oh boy, Megs, what kind of person are you to have hate in your heart? Now I can say easily the only person I hate in life is Ron. But before it would have been Ron and those construction workers. And that's unfair to them because they're just doing their job. But Ron has no excuses and he will meet a a sad end. Not at my hands because I watch too many murder shows, but he, right. You know, right. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to track something in from your house, you know, and then it's going to be there and they'll find those construction workers. And then in the midst of all of that, they'll find like, a, you know, a fiber, yeah, a fiber yeah, from, from like a, a sweater that you wore to the grocery store. Yeah. And then that's going to match up with a receipt. Right. And then, and then some little 16 year old going to remember bagging your apples the wrong way. And you popped off on her because she put the apples under the eggs and you said something to her. She'll remember that argument and she'll tell the police and you caught doing it wrong shouldn't the eggs be on top or now anything that can move freely should be on top of things in a cart okay well okay well, okay what if i had two watermelons do those go on top of the eggs those would go in a separate entire those don't get bagged usually they just yeah, give was, you a watermelon. To, yeah who, who bags watermelons you get what about the round seedless ones what if there was two of those in there uh, well those would still be in their own bag don't you think pete yeah i think you palm those you know you kind of just mm-hmm. walk out looking like Dr. J. Oh, yes. Hookshot. <laughs> yeah. Hookshot those seedless watermelons right into your car. Which, speaking of sports and our love of it, would you mind telling everybody how we met? Oh, yeah. Uh, so we were sitting in the stands of uh, the middle school softball game. I believe my niece Valdelia was playing. And you guys were there watching, I believe, Mags' uh, niece, who was on mm-hmm. the opposing team. And uh, I think we began to rib each other about uh, the uh, absence of scoring. And uh, we started keeping score, you know, because we don't play that scoreless sports stuff. And I think that's how I remember that's how we bonded. We both felt like there needed to be score. And so we were keeping score. And to keep it fair, I was scoring your niece's team and you were scoring my niece's team. That's right. Keep it honest. Keep everything above board. Well, I just think children need to lose. Okay, you know, losing builds character. That's absolutely true. I mean, if my niece and nephew lost a little bit more, I feel like they would have a better understanding of me. But that's, I guess, not um, the way the universe is playing itself out. Not at this particular moment, Pat, but they'll catch up. Yeah. It also, are we calling Tina, you know, a a lifelong winner? You know, she's headed down a path that, yeah, you know, and Jeremy, so far, so good, but... They, they they have these like little mean streaks in them. In my opinion, nobody with a mean streak in them goes unscathed. Oh, no, no. Everywhere they go, you know, they're, they're chanting, you know, you get what you give. Okay. You get what you give. So if you're giving out mean, you're getting back mean. Uh, so these people are going to probably, you know, end up somewhere, uh, you know, like uh, taking care of people. You know, that's usually what happens. Oh, yeah. Like I want them, um, Pete, I want them to take care of me, you know, at some point because, you know, not having, you know, uh, you know, my own kids that aren't that aren't them. 
I keep telling them, you're going to have to take care of your Aunt Pat. And so I really hope whatever, you know, if they need to run up against other mean people, whatever helps them to, you know, be like, oh, I'm bad. And, and they become better because they're going to need to take care of me at some point, yeah, right? Well, you got to start early then. You got to start early, okay? Being, yeah. take, being taken care of in old age is very much like investing right now, okay? Yeah. It's like buying Bitcoin, okay? You know, every, oh. time, every time they come over, have them do something for you. Oh. Start it early, right? Yeah. Ooh, could, you, could you get me the tea? Uh, oh, I got to cut on my finger. Could you rub that off? You know, get them into the habit of caring for you so that each time it gets grow, you know, exponentially it grows, your interest grows. So by the time you're a complete invalid, they've been caring for you for 20 years. Wow. That is so smart. I have never, yeah. in, my, in my wildest dreams, I never thought of something that smart to do because, you know, I like to keep an eagle eye on them because they are a little handsy with my personal stuff in my wallet. But if I had just kept them busier with doing things for me, oh my God, I can, you are well, again, a genius. You get, but you get into a little victim blamey thing too. Don't forget those two were running a real good con on you because one of them would distract you and the other one would rifle through your stuff. So there's no way you could have predicted exactly what they would do. And uh, Pete, I don't know how, how much you remember from uh, our chats for, on the bleaches, but mm-hmm. you know, Pat, at, at this point, they are convinced, or I don't know if they believe it, but they're convinced that she's a necrophiliac. They have uh, forwarded her calls to the city morgue mm. and her email address is, is corpseffa at rotten.com. And, and we, we, we're trying hard to fix all that, but mm-hmm. it's, it takes time. That's it's more time consuming than I thought it would be. It's, uh, it's, it's a very tiring process dealing with uh, other people's children who have decided that you are the uh, target practice for their malarkey, as, as, as they used to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joe Biden. Yeah. 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 They're, they're 100% just, they have, op- it is open season on Pat uh-huh. from yeah. those kids. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's a tricky thing too. That piece of advice is, is outstanding. It's a very good piece of advice, like gradually ease them into doing things for you. But I think we have to get them past their little crime sprees first. Do you have any, what do you do about that? Do you have any advice for that? Yeah. You, you stage the scenes. You know what I mean? You stage the scenes. So, for example, you put your real money somewhere safe. Then you pick out a dummy purse. You put a few dollars in that. You put that on the counter and you let them run. They think they're rummaging through your real purse. You're like, ha ha, you got the five dollars I knew you was going to take anyway. Okay, so just plant five bucks. I thought you were going to say something like those exploding ink packets like they do for bank robberies. No, 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 no. See, children are just born thieves. That's what they do. They grow up. They learn to lie. They learn to steal. That's it. That's they they stealing. They, you, you can't stop that. Every, you know, the kids are born with sticky fingers. I don't even think the tape come off till they're like 11. So the thing to do is to just know they're going to steal. So just leave stuff out that you don't mind. You know what it is? Everything you want to give away, you know, like that piece of item you don't want. You come around like, oh, this is the most valuable thing in the world. It would be worth $5,000 if I could ever make it to the pawn shop and then leave it on the counter and let them steal it. You know, stuff like that. You just got to plant stuff for them to steal. Pete? Yes. This is, and I mean this, life-changing. If you'd written yeah. a book, I would have bought it and read it and not be, have declared bankruptcy. He did you. write a book. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. But it was, yeah. wasn't it historical romance, Pete? Basically, you know, I tried to explore what it would be like uh, having, you know, being in the 1700s, trying to fall in love when the whole world stunk. Because that's what people don't really understand. 
the world didn't start smelling good till like 1954. You know, uh, before yeah. that, it was just disgusting. I mean, people bathed once a month. You know what I mean? Who washed clothes? There was no Maytag. Yeah. Sounds more historical than romance, but I bet you get to it at the end. Well, you get to the love. You know, it's love through the funk, you know? Oh, love through the funk. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just you're deep. You're deep and you know things and you're wise. And I think I'm so glad that we're talking to you today. Hopefully people are taking notes on this because this is these are pearls. Okay. Yeah. You also mentioned something that I want to know a little bit about because I've heard about it and I'm intrigued but I'm also frightened. It's called Bitcoin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Crypto, cryptocurrency. Okay. Those sounds are meaningless to me. It sounds like the Superman's dog. Yeah, absolutely. Crypto. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a fantastic dog. And I, I wonder though, like when you have a super dog, right? What happens when it runs away? You ain't never getting that dog back. That's a super dog. You know, you look for your dog right now, Mags, if you, if your dog, look, you do have a dog still, don't you? Uh, not, not, not anymore. Oh, I'm so sorry. My condolences. That's okay. Thank you so much. I, you know, it, it, you get to a point where during the start of this, this whole thing, um, I did email a shelter and say, please give me all of your oldest dogs. Yeah. yeah. I thought if they need a place to die, let it I, be with me. Yeah. 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 And they were like, oh, we can't do that. I think they thought I was trying to do some sort of Kevorkian level, you know. Jonestown yeah. is what it sounded like a little bit. Would have been cute though. If I, is that the one where they all had matching ni- Nikes? No, that was a, uh, Comet, the the that was Sons of the Comet, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jonestown was where one very charismatic and let me say handsome man convinced a lot of people to drink the literally drink the Kool Aid, yeah. But did you know this? I, I learned this because remember, also at the start of this whole thing, I got on a kick where I was watching cult documentaries like crazy. I did like Branch Davidians, I did some Mormon stuff, I did Jonestown. It wasn't actually Kool Aid, it was off brand, but the but drink the Kool Aid became the that's you know, because they can't say yeah they can't say like oh they drank the the leading brand or oh drink the wylas i drank the kirklands and and you feel so bad for the manufacturer of that uh artificial drink right because they that was their shot you know if i'm smooth aid you know and everybody drank smooth aid and 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 murdered themselves and here's my shot and now you're gonna say kool-aid and 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 then it became a phrase you know drink the kool-aid you know Mm-hmm. They say it when you get to a job, oh, you know, you'll do better here if you drink the Kool-Aid, you know? Yeah. And that could have been Smooth-Aid. And, man, what a what a terrible opportunity for that company. Exactly. It's also very sad. That always made me feel sad for Pat because the Kool-Aid man was her first uh, sexual crush. Mm. Mm-hmm. He had so much confidence. Mm-hmm. And there was no, you, you couldn't contain him because he could Mm-mm. come in at any, I mean, imagine this, this is fan fiction, but imagine you're just at home, you're alone. And then this gentleman busts in. I mean, he's screaming, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He comes in, Kool-Aid, man. Who wants Kool-Aid? I'm like, I definitely do. I mean, I think I'm attracted to big energy like that, you know? I mean, it was the biggest of all energies because right when you get down, the whole wall missing. Everybody's going to see what you're doing. It ain't even private. And he doesn't care. And he don't care. He doesn't care. He don't care. He'll do it right here, right where the wall used to be. I think also... There's no way a man like that isn't a feminist. I think I've always felt a very feminist energy from the Kool-Aid man because he's breaking down those walls. He's shaped like Josh Mankiewicz too. Yeah, he, he, oh my, 
I never put that together. Kind eyes shaped like Josh Mankiewicz. I do have a type. Let's just be yeah. honest. Kind of a wry smile. Yeah, like, like a half eyes. Thing. When he smiles, his little eyes, they close up a little bit. It's very Yeah, they look cute. like little uh, sideways commas. Yeah. Eyes when he smiles. I really like that. So um, Bitcoin. Now, you said so, another word that I don't know about the dog. Um can you just tell me, because I feel very, you know, I'm so worried about getting really old and not knowing anything and then just giving up because there's so much I don't know. Can you give us a little, like, what is that? What is Bitcoin? Yeah, what what is that? I, mean, I don't understand what that I, means. I, I don't know anything about we it. We don't I get have, it. I have absolutely no idea. Oh, what good. It is. Yeah, and, what, and I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is something that makes people who know about it talk about it all the damn time. That's what it is. It's a it's a yep. conversation. Make me say something about you thing. That's all I know uh, about it. In a, in 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 very simple terms, let me say. Uh, let's say we all three of us were uh, different countries with our own type of currency. So like, uh, I wouldn't I had, hate that. I wouldn't I had, hate to be so far away I had from the, you guys. I had, I had the Pete's and you had the Pats and you had the Mags, right? And oh yeah. And everybody in our in our country use those. Uh, and then someone came up with like a digital currency that all three of us could use. And so we wouldn't have to transfer our monies around. I could just send you the let's call it the, the gasp like you just did. So the gasp, I have gasps and you have gasps and Mags has gasps and we could just send gasp back and forth and then. Convert so it's them, a euro? Pretty much a digital euro. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Well, and I'm probably 100% wrong and I don't care. That's what I know about it. I love that energy. Yeah. You no, know, I like that a lot. And I think, Pete, that you're like, I definitely don't know. And then you're like, no, I do. And let me explain it. And then you explained it and then you said, I'm wrong. That I can get behind. That's yes. you're my kind of person. I like you took a big swing. You used examples. Again, you're good at using specifics. And then you were like, ah probably wrong. That's fine. I just really appreciate it. And uh, I feel like I know just as much about that Bitcoin as when we started, but I feel, I feel glad that we talked about it. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Understand this. I just try to function. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to function. I don't, I don't really care about understanding the world I'm in. I just want to function. I don't know how remote control works and I don't care to. I know when I push this button, forensic files comes on. Function. So, you know, whatever I need to do to function, that's enough information for me. Everything else is just, I got space in my head for other things like ukulele chords and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, I want to get, I want to get back to that ukulele chords, but I want to also say uh, my, my nephew, Frankie loves video games. So does Dominic. And uh, they were trying to teach me how to play Minecraft. And I just kept saying, uh, I don't want to do this for a lot of reasons. One, because I found it to be uh, so boring but also because I just kept trying to get to the end where you like jump off a thing onto a flag and then you're done in this fireworks. And yeah. I just said, just want to get to the end of the level. And they were like, no, Auntie Megs, that's not how it works. And I was like, well, then what's, what am I doing? I don't get it. It looks bad. What is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have a lot of nope in my life. And my Minecraft is definitely a nope. I just, you know, you just walk through life sometimes, you see some things and you go, oh, nope, I don't want to do that. I don't care about that. Yeah. I don't need to know about that. Yeah, I can be bored without staring at a screen, you know, and I've come to realize I don't have, it doesn't have to be bad or me not like it for it to be a nope. It's a lot of things out there that are fantastic, great. I'm glad 10 million people do it. 
But if you ask Pete about it, uh, nope. I can so relate. You know, I saw the headline of an article that I didn't end up reading about how when the pandemic is over, you know, the anxiety around having to do things again. And I got what I assumed was shingles for one whole night. I'm going to take that with me, the nope, because, you know, you know, like when astronauts come back from space and they have to come through the atmosphere and it's so hot. That's me. And I don't have that special metal casing that the astronauts, I feel like I'm just going to burn up on re-entry. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely going to see mags and Pete, I'd love to see you too. But opening up to the broader world is like, nope. Yeah. 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 Well, now that we know what we know, everything's changing, you know, uh, for example, you can open the world up, but I'm looking at movie theater seats like, aren't you cloth? What you got inside of you now? But then what do I want? Do I want to go to a movie theater and there's stone benches? Uh, Nope. So I'm conflicted. That's, you know, what's tricky about that is I had that thing about movie theaters. One quick little bout with bed bugs and you get, that's a hard nope about movie theaters because you're like, they're everywhere and that's terrifying and they wake in the night to feast on your flesh. So if movie theaters could, well, what if they were all leather? Ooh, then that would be a really noisy movie theater. I'd say that. But uh, I might go, you know, be a little plush. Might have to pay extra. I just don't know. I just, you know, I'm with Pat. I think, you know, the re-entry is going to be hot. And I'm going to, you know, take my time, probably fall a lot. I I, I just I'm just nervous about everything. You know, I think the 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 thing I'm more concerned about is that uh, I want people to stay six feet away from me no matter what happens. Pandemic, no pandemic. Keep your six feet. And I feel like the first thing people are going to do is try to enter my personal bubble because as a sign of the pandemic over and I'm going to be tense the the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about, you know, Mags and I love cruising. And I think what they should do is, you know, this ship usually has 2,300 people on it. We're going to let 70 on and you're going to have the time of your life. You're going to have your own deck and and you have your own little pool. Now, I realize this may not be cost effective for the cruise line, but do you want my money? Right, right, Yeah, I got an ad. I I actually meant to show you this. I truly got an ad for a, a cruise line that was like no more than 350 passengers. So this idea has come true. I have been targeted for it because I'm always searching up cruises. I wish I had taken a, If I knew how to take a screenshot of that, I would have done that. Uh, well, someday we'll figure that out. Uh, Pete, yeah. do you like cruises? You don't seem like the cruise type to me, but I could be just reading you wrong. No, you got me right. You got me right. Let me tell you something. Uh, I always have to have a little bit of land in the periphery. You know, if mm. I don't have land... In my peripheral vision, I'm 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 a little nervous. I'm nervous, Pete. I, I feel like the the part of the cruise I would like would be the taking off and the coming in, but that middle part where you're just surrounded by water at all times, yeah, that's very unpeat. Maybe you'd like ferry rides. Ferries just goes from one yeah. place where you see land to you you almost never out. It's like it would be like a a staycation kind of cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or like just a work commute. Yeah. Right. Right. Now. I would like to get us back to that softball game because I loved that we were kind of at odds with one another at first, but you know, we were, we were cheering for opposite sides. But then when you came up, Pete, with this little system of like, Oh, let's score the game. And I didn't understand why they were playing. If there was no score, you know, is this practice what's happening? What am I doing? I'm sitting in the sun. I've had forgotten sunscreen, but you did such a nice job of making it a little activity. Cause I kept counting things and you said I was doing it wrong. And, and, and let me, I mean, let me just, you know, clarify a little bit wrong for what we were doing. You know, right for you. You know, I, I think, you know, uh, uh, paying attention every time, uh, uh, you know, a, a player used a hand that wasn't gloved was is an amazing stat. And if we could figure out how to use that stat, 
and how it benefited the game, that'd be a fantastic stat to track. Uh, we just happen to be simple, you know, counting bases and scores, you know, like runs. Yeah. But, uh, you know, use of the non-gloved hand is a very, very important thing to track. So I don't want to say, yeah. I, I apologize if I made you feel like I was, you know, you were wrong. I just meant kind of like wrong for what we were doing. Oh, yeah. Well, I just assume I'm wrong. And I made peace with that. It's too... Um, it's too late for me to change because you just pointed it out and you said, that's interesting. And I, I heard the word interesting and I definitely internalized wrong. Mm. Uh, yeah, I had, I had done it a different way, but I, that, we, says, that says a lot about you, bud. Yeah. It, it says tons. I feel like if there was a way to put that on my headstone, that's what we should go with. Um, but it, what a great day and what a good uncle to come out and to, and to be there uh, watching your niece play softball you weren't there and you weren't making a spectacle of yourself and making it about you you were really there for her which as you know we're not big on funkles but we're big on great uncles okay okay well you know i mean first of all there's no attention on me anyway vidalia's what six feet tall in the third grade so you know everybody knew what uh everybody was looking at vidalia i'm really glad that she's taking the softball you know her parents were pushing her towards basketball but she really likes bats and uh you know i was just like listen you can't let this woman walk around the house six feet tall carrying a bat and she's not playing a sport like you guys don't understand. So yeah. I, after, you know, I talked them into letting her play softball and uh, and then they didn't want to go to the games because it wasn't basketball. So I just was like, you know what? I will go and I will support Vidalia. Yeah, I, I think something fascinating about your niece is I've never seen a player at that age, you know, where she was what 14U I think was that that team mm-hmm. that we were playing which was like I've never seen a 14U player who was 6 foot 2 who legally was they just were like you can't fit in this baddest box because her arm, her wingspan's so great that like when she outstretches her arm, she's about two feet past the baddest box. And I think that it, I, I think it's really says something about that coach that was like, hey, my cleanup bat is a left-handed batter. And she's six foot two. Can we extend the baddest box on the side she stands on so we can make, you know, what's that word? Accommodate, accommodate her abilities. Yeah, and yeah. to be a pitcher, to be a six foot two pitcher in a 14U team, that is intimidating. So the fact that anybody got a hit off of her is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, she had to learn to pitch down. You know, no one really pitches down, you know, but, you know, she kept, you know, the, the ball was going right by their eyes and it's just, by dare you, they can't swing up there, you know? So I just hope she keeps it up, you know, and ends up at Me a too. really good school playing uh, softball for somebody. By the way, that really explains why she carried the bat around the bases. She was just hugging it to her. She really did love that bat. Oh, she has a bat on her at all times. It's terrifying. Oh, wow. At all well, times. That was scary. I remember that was being a little scary, you know, but it looked like a, just a friendship. You know, it was like... um it was like when Linus carries around his blanket at the end of the game, I was like, oh, this is adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, taking her shopping is problematic. Sometimes you have to walk in and be like, excuse me, we're not, she's not going to rob the place. This is just her security bat. Oh, my uh, God, a security bat. Yeah. You know, you might be onto something with this. Because what if women all just carried bats at all times? I think the world would feel a lot different if women were just like, you're born, you can have a little bat, and then as you grow up, you get a bigger bat, and you keep it out with you all the time. Boy, I think things would, ooh, I'll tell you what, 70 cents on the dollar. You're going to laugh at me? You're both going to laugh at me. Uh, One of my uh, exes went to that uh, field of dreams where, where... 
they were shot and they bought me this bat and it's a, you know, a field of dreams, like mini bat. And I used that. I kept that by my front door and, uh, cause it was like a little studio, but Everyone. so I kept that was a security. And now I have an Easton, a gorgeous yeah. Yeah. white Easton, beautiful barrel, gorgeous. I keep in my, in my home. You know, everyone should have seven bats. You know, uh, there should be a mini bat in the purse, a, a bat in the trunk, a bat by the front door, a bat in your bedroom, a bat in the bathroom, and then just kind of like the floating bat. You never know where it's going to be. It could be in the kitchen. It could be in the living room. It could be in the basement. Anybody seen the floater? You know, just keep, yeah. you know, but there should be a bat somewhere at all times. Uh, like flashlights. I, yes. Yeah. Just in case, you know, you, when you that, you know, because you never know when you might just have to knock somebody upside the head. And that's just, yeah. that's just how, the, that's the world we live in right now. <gasps> Did I just stumble onto something? Should we make a combination bat yes. and flashlight? I was going a bat light? to say that a bat light you? in my right hand to God above. I was just thinking, if you need a bat in the same place you need a flashlight, guess what? Here's your bat light. And then, oh, what if someone sneaks up on you? You're in the bathroom, the most vulnerable room of your house, by the way. Absolutely. You're in your bathroom and then you hear something, but the lights went out because they cut the power and you're in there. And you turn on your bat flashlight, but then you also have the bat. You can see who you're beating to death. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Maybe the whole, yeah. maybe you push the button and the whole back glows up like a lightsaber. And then not only can you see around it, but you can illuminate every strike. Yeah. That also would be really fun for night games. I know we're talking about self-defense and also murder, but oh, it'd be like a laser show at night games. Absolutely. It, it would be multifunctional. It'd be fun and protective. Anything to make that game a little more. And I say this with love Careful. in my heart. Careful. A little more, um, where I have more to do to look at. Well, see, that's why we, instead of sunscreen, packed white wine for you. Yeah. By the way, you have enough white wine, you forget you don't have sunscreen. That's right. And boy, did we. That was one of those days, you know, when when you're day drinking and you think nothing will ever hurt me. And then it's about four o'clock and you think, I'm very dehydrated, but if I stop now, I'm just going to get a headache and fall asleep. So then you keep going. And then all of a sudden you're at one of those seafood restaurants where they yell at you and you realize that you're having a bad day. You know, the ones where they yell at you and they're like, why don't you have some more lobster, you dumb bitch? And I thought, you know, I should probably go home. Remember that? I I asked for an ice water and she called me a fat ass. I said, it's the ice water. I thought maybe you knew her from high school and this was like nicknames, but it turned out it was it was the place that yells at you. You know, yeah. I don't I don't really like those places, you know. Oh, me neither. The food is so good, though. Right. So you're just like, oh, my God, this, it's, it's so just tasty that like, do I want to be verbally abused for this crab cake? Yeah, that's the thing. Right. If it was like my favorite restaurant of all time, I could stand going in there and uh, and getting abused for it. But I was like, ah, I don't even like what I don't even remember what I got. I don't even know if we made it to the... Do you remember ordering food? No, because I used the R word by accident uh, mm. when they yelled at me. And the needle scratched the record. And yeah. and then I did have to leave. But I, she got me so riled up and I forgot that we're not using that word anymore. I mean, yeah. I know better. If you know better, you do better. And then you'll get better in the end. Yeah, and, and let's um, not pretend yeah. this this wasn't last week. This was uh, quite some time ago. Yeah, this was years ago. Before. Yeah. This was when we were saying the R word. Like, like you say it to your friends. Hey, R word. Excuse me. We're going to miss the previews. Hey, R word. I'm sorry about... Your aunt, you know, or your uncle or your grandfather. I'm sorry. You were saying that word. You were saying that word while giving people condolences. I never latched on to that word, uh, but I thought it was the way you did. 
I thought it was like a, you know, it was it was a word that we were bringing back because, like, we were really using it. Uh, we weren't bringing it back. It was here, right? It was here. Yeah, yeah. And it was yeah. like something like, hey, there's a group of people, you know, who we call this word, and that's not nice. Why don't we call everybody that word, spread it out? And that way, you diffuse the power of the word by calling everyone that word. Everyone's the R word. And it turns out, no. I was wrong. I can see it now. And that's why when I call someone the R word, I say R word. Well, it's, it's not your fault. I, you know, I blame the black eyed peas. You know, they're the ones who, you know, turned it into a, 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 a musical situation and tried to make yeah. everybody, you know, get that way. And, you know, and to make it a rap song, well, that just ruins everything. Not that yeah, I have a put problem it in with a pop hook. That seems exactly. cruel. Yeah. Not that not that I have a problem with rap music. I don't want to say that, but I have a problem with you know, trying to popularize the R word, you know? Yeah, the Black Eyed Peas, who's thought about them in about who knows how long? But they did. You know what? That's right. I was their target audience because I was using it so much. And then I heard it and it was so catchy. And I thought, yeah, let's get, be, or become the R word. You know, if you if you didn't start out that way, let's all get there. And boy, how things have changed. I mean, I don't need to tell you guys. Well, but yeah, I think yours really was coming from a message of unity. And theirs was coming from a, a message of um, ins- insult. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're inviting me to the dance floor. It, it just was not a, a, a good thing to put out there, you know, to the masses. Why couldn't they all have just kept the one that was like, hey, mama, it's that beat that makes you move, Mama. If all of their songs were like that one, that would have been so different. This is one of those bands that was like a swatch ad of like a, what was that brand that had all the United it Colors? It was iPod. It was I, oh, a United Colors of Benetton. Yeah, where, where I felt like everyone, it was like the Spice Girls where everyone, it's like, this is the tall black man with the hat. And this is the short white woman with the ass. And this is the albino one with just dead eyes. I felt like that was that band. And I thought, you know, I get it. You try and they all, you know what? I, does that make sense at all? Because it didn't feel like an organic band. It felt like someone just. The Fergie was the add on. You know, it started out with the guys. And okay. uh, I think that uh, their appeal. Which came first? Which came first? Did Taboo come before Apple to App? Wasn't Are you that okay? Guy named Apple to App? Apple Are you to okay? Apples. Apples to Apples came yes. first. Bananagrams. Yes, absolutely. When and- was William. So it was William, Apple the App, and Taboo, and then they added Fergie. Later. Now, Duchess Fergie used York. to be in a different group. I forget what the name of the group the she Duchess, was in. She was the Duchess of York. Yeah, but before that, she was in like a oh, country so western sad. group. With like, she was with Weight Watchers. With a couple. <laughs> Are we talking about Wait, the same thing? No, Jenny Craig. Oh, Is that Jenny the Craig? group? I forget the name of it. I mean, uh, what's that thing that the young people use? Oh, Wait. Was it Kids Incorporated? Oh, what a great show. Remember that? Because she was on, the Duchess of York was on Kids Incorporated. Oh, okay. But I think there was another group that she was doing a singing group with anyway. I don't know what happened with her. But I think, and I remember the Black Eyed Peas were from Los Angeles. And I believe their appeal was at the time, everyone was kind of doing gangster rap, right? So these guys were like, they're not gangster. Oh, yeah. Because they didn't land there because they got embroiled with the, Duchess of York, I guess. And I mean, I feel sorry for everyone involved now looking back because it seems embarrassing like so much of history does. Megs, though, are you okay? Because you were saying syllables that I wasn't sure. I can't read how you're doing. Apple to app? That's a guy. Who? He and and William and... Will I am. Is that what it is? Is that how you say it? Yeah, Will I am. 
I've never seen punctuation inside names before, and both him and Apple to Apple. Am I saying his name wrong? Also, was the group you were thinking of Wild Orchid? Yes. Yeah, I texted my niece. She looked yes. it up. Wow. She should have, can I be honest, if she was in a group called Wild Orchid, I think that's where you need to be, sweetheart. Like, you know, that seems a lot better for you, a lot easier for you. Don't bring these gentlemen into this orbit with your nonsense. Mm-hmm. N- no offense, you know. I mean, I'm sure I was singing along to their songs back before. But mm. looking back, can't we all see it? And can you well, imagine the resentment of that being like, oh, now this woman is... is Oh, I bet it was her idea to be like, let's get our worded. And I bet everyone else was like, uh, okay, well, I mean, she said it. I yeah, wonder what? who was in the studio. That's what I wonder. How come nobody said something? I mean, think about it. You ever been to a studio session? Okay, there's the no. artist. Okay, so when you go to a studio session, there's the artist. There's the uh, other people in the band. So that's f- four people already. There's uh, probably the engineer. That's five. There's the producer. That's six. There's the... Uh, Thousand people smoking blunts, drinking, having a good time watching you make music. Okay. None of them people had a problem with the R word. Nobody said, uh, hey, uh, you just said that. It was a thousand of me and them. You know, again, isn't this the kind of the culture is that someone says something and then someone else says it. And all of a sudden we're all saying and doing it without a thought in our heads as to should we be saying it or doing it. You know, it really is a sheep mentality. And I know that's a hot button word right now. And am I a sheep? Yes. And are there certain things to be a sheep about? Yes. And are there certain things to not be a sheep about? Yes. I guess I've, I've made it about as clear as mud. Okay, two things. One, you know when the first time I was like, I'm not saying that. It was when people started saying things were on fleek. That's Mm. when I was like, I'm out. I'm not going to try and keep up with this. And I don't know that I'll ever get back because I'm not going to say something is lit. I'm not. I'm going to say things are well lit. This is well lit. Your patio is so well lit. Yes. And when we're choosing streets to walk down. Yes. Well lit. Yes. It's got to be well lit. Yeah. You know, the further the further they go forward with this stuff, the further back I go, you know. So as soon as they start saying I'm on fleek, I start saying right on. Then they say, yeah. hey, this party's lit. And I said, I can dig it, man. Yes. So- say the ones that make sense. Yeah. I like it because you know what? It's a circle. You know that show where they said time's a, um, a disc or it's like a flat circle? You know that yeah. show that started yeah. the guy from the ads? We'll go so far in one direction. We're just going to be the, the, in the other place. Place. Like, I can't like explain it. From the ads. Like Which guy from the ads? That little like skirts. lizard? Like skirts, exactly. Like skirts. skirts. Did you say skirts? I said skirts. Yeah, like skirts, exactly. Circle skirts. Skirts, skirts go up, 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 up till they can't go up no more. Then they go mm-hmm. down, 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 down till they hit the floor. Then they come right back up. It's skirts. It's skirts. Okay. Now, see, I missed the whole skirts thing because I said, which guy from the ads? That little lizard? Um, it's the man. Yeah, he's leathery. He's very leathery. He, um, oh, he's always the one in the movies where Goldie Hawn is like, I can or I can't, you know, with him. She's always, you know, you know who I'm talking about? Goldie Hawn? Yeah, Goldie Hawn. You're talking about Goldie Hawn? No, the other one. Kate Hudson. Fondas? Yeah, yeah. Fondas. Who'd you say? The Fondas. Were you in the recording studio to record your audiobook? Uh, no, I did that uh, from the house. You know, I wanted, to, I wanted you to feel like I was reading to you from the house, so I stayed home. Yeah, I got a vibe that you were like sitting in an armchair. Absolutely. Uh, it had two arms, actually, the chair did. And uh, I was comfortable. My feet were up, and I had on comfy socks, and uh, oh. I had some tea. Oh. Yeah. 
As Pat would say, take me with you. Yeah, take me with you. Now, how did you get into doing that? What what made you inspired to do a historical fiction there, a romance? Romance, historical yeah. romance. How did you land there, Pete? Well, it started out as a how-to book. I was just kind of, uh, you know, trying to figure out how to fix your own watches. And it just turned into this kind of romantic situation. And I just realized, you know what? This love can't happen today, you know? So I had to just take it back. And I kept taking it back and taking it back and then taking it back. And I finally landed in the 1700s and I realized this, this is where this love happens. You know, these people don't bathe. Now, isn't that something where you were fixing a clock and you went back in time? And you know what you just invented, Pete? I mean, I hope you're jotting all of this down. The romance manual. If I got a dresser from Ikea and... All of a sudden, it said, you know, you put 1A into JF over and over and over again until it's too tired to put up a fight and you're both, you're breathless from having assembled it. That's a cabinet that I would buy. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's something very, very erotic about Ikea furniture. Dowels alone. When I, when I touch a dowel, I think, you know, a wooden dowel, I think, oh God, it does look like, and I, pardon me, this is a sex positive podcast, a dildo for Bobby. Mm. Pat, wasn't that the title of your fanfic? Yeah, but I got reported. I got reported. By whom? The internet. And what made you make the leap from historical romance to Ikea porn? Well, because because Pete, well, I don't, well, talking to Pete, you know, he's, he started mm-hmm. with a manual how to fix something and he said it, it segued into historical romance. And I thought that is something we've never even thought about before. How about a manual for, how about a manual to put things together for women where I feel, I feel a little bit nervous and then I, I get over my nervousness because it, it's so tender. And then all of a sudden, before you know it, you know, I've got an armoire and mm-hmm. I feel a sense of accomplishment and he's gone in the night and that's it. I feel fine. Yeah, I, I always think, uh, you know, sexual feelings lead to furniture. That's just how that works. It's uh, there's something. Really? Yeah. You know, there's something about it. You know, you get I mean, think about it, you know, uh, in, in the throes of passion, you're reaching for stuff, you're grabbing stuff. Even people talk about uh, 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 sexual conquest as uh, notches on their headboards and stuff like that. There's no. Oh, and you're no, trying to screw. You're right. trying to screw. There's no sex without furniture. Dowels. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Pat, would you just pull up that doc and read the first, just the opening paragraph? Uh, let's see. Let me see. Bobby was alone in her dream house, but not as alone as she'd thought because Ding Dong said a voice because she doesn't have a real doorbell. And who was it? It was Ken, but he had something behind his back. That's the first paragraph. That's a short paragraph. Go into yeah. the second. Oh, hey, Ken, said Bobby. Skip is not here because she had to do summer school because she has a problem with authority. Oh, said Ken. I assumed as much. Oh, it's warm in here. Do they ever have sex in this one? No, no, it's all lead up. It's mostly about, I got concerned about Skipper because he does bring up Skipper then a lot and they talk about her problem with authority and how it's, let's turn it into a good thing and let's talk about what a positive thing that that can be and where can she kind of direct that energy that helps her to lead a happy and filling life. Yeah, where did it get to the part where the dowel rod was the dildo for Bobby? Is that chapter two? It's actually much further down. It's much further because we do get into so much of uh, Skip is the real feminist and, you know, Bobby, you know, doesn't understand. And then there's a whole kind of powwow where Bobby doesn't feel put in a place. She doesn't feel belittled, but she has a, an understanding, a better understanding. And then I was like, oh my God, intersectionality. Hello. So then 
then they both start to learn about intersectional feminism and how real feminism has to be intersectional, you know? And then, so I kind of got away from the doll for a long time. Then I forgot, you know, because the doll's in the name. And so I had to get back to that, which felt yeah. a, bit, a little bit weird after talking about intersectional feminism. So, you know, it's kind of crammed in, no pun intended, kind of at the end. You haven't sent me the, the, the final chapters, but I, I guess when you're reading that, at some point you just forget because you're like transported right? Into a different time, into a different place. Like I could see the pink walls. I could see the rope elevator. I could see all of it so vividly in my mind. And that's your gift. Your gift, both, you know what, both of you, because I don't have a a gift to, to, you know, to weave a narrative the way the two of you do, you know, sure. I can come up with things to say on little t-shirts and ponchos and stuff, but the two of you, you know, people are always like, what would you, what would you do if you could do anything? You know, mine is always, I wish I could be like a Broadway caliber singer, but the second thing I wish I could do is be a storyteller. Mm. I wish I was tall. Um, well, thank you, Megs. And I tell you what, it's just the freedom of no one ever knowing my stuff or reading it is really what gives me the, uh, ability to write. I don't know, Pete, how do you feel about it? What gives you permission? Like, how do you, how do you tap into the muse? Oh, you know, most of the time I have a cup of coffee, you know, so most of the time I just have a cup of coffee and then I say to myself, Pete, do something, damn it. And then I just start writing. And, uh, the key, the key here is to have no idea what you're doing. You know, that's, that's what I do for me. Uh, I write, I write, I write, I write, I write, I write. And then I go back and read it and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. And, and then, uh, and then I write some more and I'm like, oh damn, that's terrible. And, and, and I just, I just keep just being terrible. And, and the more terrible I am, the more writing I do. Well, you must have a great editor because when I'm reading your works, I am not thinking you're terrible. I'm thinking this is some of the best writing I've ever read. And yeah. I know good writing cause I am an Ivana bitch, you know, we, that's how Pat and I'm, um, first met we were in a book club for janet ivanovich books and and, Uh uh, please any ivanovich fan knows good writing so Uh Uh you know her punctuation is um good it's really good it's honestly nobody comes even close yeah to punctuating like she does Um, i'm I'm still trying to figure out how to use semicolons I, i just can't figure it out oh i've taken that out of my vocabulary completely you know what if it's not a colon or a period why are we messing around so much hmm Mm-hmm. And if it's a comma, just turn it sideways and you got the Kool-Aid man's eyes. Oh, don't oh. start because I can't finish right now. Okay. Uh, so you've touched on your absolutely wonderful niece. And I would, because we've talked about her a little bit, but I'd like to touch on a little bit about you as an uncle. So take us to your happy place. Okay. Take us to okay. your nieces and nephews. Tell us a little bit about what, what, how do you like to uncle? What's your uncle philosophy? Uh, uh, basically, I'm like the, uh, a, a positive deadbeat dad. That's kind of how I look at it. I, I, I get to do all the things. You know, I'm like a, you know, I get to come around when I want to, spend however much money I want to, stay when I want to stay, leave when I want to leave, tell them no and not feel guilty about it. Uh, and, uh, you know, my favorite phrase is call your father, <laughs> you know, cause don't call me, call your father. But, uh, I do try to support, you know, my, my sister's children. That's all. I have the one sister. She has four children, uh, Vidalia, Pearl, uh, Walla Walla. And, uh, she likes onions. She likes onions. Yeah. I was going to ask if there was a, if there was a theme cause Pearl and, uh, Vidalia. Yeah. She likes onions. And, uh, Kern, Kern. That's the last one, Kern. And uh, I spent a lot of time with Kern because uh, he's a you know, little boy with uh, three older sisters. And uh, so I try to spend a lot of time with Kern. 
uh, explaining to him that it's okay to do whatever it is that he's doing. Just what is, in general, what is, yeah, across what is, the board? Yeah, what's yeah, he doing? What, what's he doing, yeah. Well, he, he's, uh, he's, he's very interested in, okay, so we're watching a television show one time, and it's just me and Kern, we're watching television. and uh, Just out of curiosity, was it medium or jag? It's okay if the answer is no, I just, those are... I, I, I'm, I'm completely confused. No, it was not jag, and it was not medium. It Ugh. was uh, it was some random PBS thing. You know, he likes public access. So uh, they said something about the lipstick effect and it jazzed Kern up. And now Kern is all into hair and makeup. And uh, I think it's fantastic. I think it's the future. If I could have did it all over again, I'd have got into hair and makeup. But he catches a little flack from, you know, some of the other uh, more aggressive uh, boys in the neighborhood who are being raised in the middle of the vat of toxic masculinity. And so yeah. I have to come around a lot and be like, it's okay, Kern, do you? We love that because, you know, a Funkle would just make fun of Kern, but you are not a Funkle. You are a, a genuine article over here. Well, you I know? want him to be rich. I want him to be rich. And, and, yeah. and, and, and I'm going to tell you one thing that'll never go out of style is vanity, okay? Vanity. Look at this pandemic. What was the number one? Nobody was holding signs outside saying, I want to care for somebody. I want to feed somebody. They was holding signs saying, I want a haircut. Vanity never goes out of style. And, and so if you know how to do hair, if you could do a little makeup, you will survive any era. I love that. I love that yeah. it's not only you are supporting who he is or who he ends up being, and you are doing the thing that no one did for me when I was a kid, which is, excuse me, monetize this, hello. That is so smart. You're really setting him up because you're setting him up to be his most genuine self. And while you're at it, oh, oops, your most genuine self is also the self where you're not going to live under a bridge in the near future. Right, right, right. By the way, there's nothing wrong with living under a bridge. So if you're listening to this and you think that describes my situation, that's not a judgment. I wish that if you live under a bridge, that's what you want for yourself. If not, I'm pulling for you to get out from under the bridge at some point in the future. We love you. We see you, my unhoused uh, people out there. Yeah. And if you're listening to this podcast and you thought, who would want to live under a bridge? You can see yourself out of this podcast. I, I just would want, I just wouldn't want to live under like a, a, a highway bridge. I would like a, a, a cool bridge, you know, like a, maybe one made out of wood. Yeah. Oh, a footbridge. Uh, or, oh, what if you, what if you, you ever see that real big, pretty one in Big Sur? Landslide. Stevie Nick. Uh, the chicks. Oh, the chicks. I'll tell you something. The first time I heard that version, I cried. Yep. Real tears. I believe you because we have talked about uh, uh, both our mutual love of the chicks. Yes. That version of Landslide, a friend of my friend, Megan, uh, loves any version of that song, even the Billy Corgan one, which I didn't like. Mm. I don't like him. There's something mm. going on with him I don't trust. Mm-hmm. I was at the very last show at the United Center right before they uh, disbanded. And I was not there on purpose. I was there working. I'm like, mashing pumpkins? Like, who, did, who are these people? And they're like, no, yeah. this is their last performance ever. They're going to break up. And I was like, oh, well, let me go take a look at these people just in case this is important to history. Slowing I, down to look at a car wreck. Yeah, I, I took a gander and I was like, yeah, they need to quit now. I hope you uh, yelled it out while they were playing. Quit now. That's fun to do, to take the shine off of 40,000 people people, whatever. I don't know. Who names these bands? Because, I mean, how is this a descriptor of what's happening, Smashing Pumpkins? I highly doubt it. Unless, excuse me, you're Gallagher, a very specific seasonal Gallagher. I think, you know, in the beginning, all the good animals were gone, you know, so then you had to go to the insects, then you had to go to, like, automotive, 
machinery. And then after that, you kind of just went to like, uh, I don't know, just weird, weird ideas. Like, hey, what's what's working? What's not working? You know, I just don't understand why every band isn't the last name of the lead singer. Warrant. Ah, uh, Warrant. Ah, oh, Warrant's a pervert song. She's only 17. Ooh. That's Warrant, pervert. Oh my God. There's too many 17-year-old women around. I don't I don't mean that. I mean, you're so wonderful, you 17-year-old people who identify as women. But everyone else, just know when you're 17, everyone's like, almost. Yeah, please take a page from Skippa and realize that you don't have to respect authority, that you should be an intersectional feminist. Ken's this not your a, dad. Ken's not no. your dad. No, Ken's not no. even, he's not even your brother-in-law, right? I hate, I hate music for that reason. Uh, it's so much pervert stuff. And you don't yep. know it when you're, you don't know it when you're young. You're just listening, you're listening, and then you get older and you go, what? Yep. That's exactly what happened to me last week. We were talking about this uh, with our dear friend, Doug. This is exactly, it was like I was cleaning my kitchen. I was listening to some music and all of a sudden I'm like, she was just 17. You know what I mean? You gross bastard. And that goes back to Pete, you saying that they were in a recording studio and a bunch of people were like, oh, I know what he means. And mm-hmm. everyone just thought, okay, well, let, yeah, let's keep rolling on this. I'd be worried, you know, I don't, I don't want to like um, be negative, but you know, Vidalia is so tall that she looks like a beautiful 27 year old woman. And do you ever, are you ever worried that, you know, you know, cause if I saw her out and about, she was, Oh, never mind, She's carrying that bat. That's the thing. I'm going to worry about Vidalia when she puts the bat down. Okay. When, when she puts the bat down, then I'm going to have a conversation with Vidalia. But right now, she's carrying her bat. And, you know, I, I think I think pervs are scared of bats. I would absolutely love to see the day where somebody walks up to Vidalia and says, you know, you're only 16, but you're my teenage dream. You know, it's that singing 16 candles to her. And Vidalia just takes a bat to the face of the man who has perved upon her. Yeah, I, I feel bad for the perv that approaches Vidalia. First of all, you are a very brave pervert because she's six feet two with a bat. Mm-hmm. That's, that, you know, you should probably be looking in a different direction. The yeah. military, maybe the military would take someone like that, you know, because yeah. it's almost like, oh, well, I would you be ready to face the enemy in combat? Oh, well, I am a pervert who approaches six foot two girls with bats. And they'd be like, okay, well, yeah, you can do this. Though. Yeah. Have you seen any pervert cases on JAG? Yeah. In JAG, the perversion is uh, like a perversion of military law you know martial is that what martial law is god i'm not paying enough attention i thought martial law was just when the 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 military took over i got a text from my one of my anons saying that they were gonna they were gonna overthrow the government but then it didn't happen and now they're all pissed off yeah uh was it one of your anons that you're talking about was q why are you still getting texts from them you you removed yourself I can't get, I don't understand how to get off of it. I don't know. Do I throw my phone away? Help me. No, don't throw your phone away. We're going to have to figure out how to block your text. But they did say, you know, today's the day, batten down and have water and like cans of soup because they're going to start, you know, overthrowing the government and they're going to drag out like Ted Danson some trouble, you know? And I thought, oh God, they said that Ted Danson, you know, they said that they were going to like Ted Danson and Mary Steenberger, they were going to like, they're going to be beheading, you know, people. And I thought, oh God. 
so I did eat some soup, but I had it on hand. I'd gotten nervous, so I nervously ate. Oh, what kind of soup, soup was it? It was such a good. It was like a, a chicken noodle, but the noodles, you know, were those wide egg noodles that are so good. Oh, yeah, I love that. Honestly, I would I would prefer uh, an egg noodle in chicken soup than rice. You know, uh, the Panera soup, the cream of chicken and wild rice. That's a good one. I like it there. But mm-hmm. every other soup, please keep rice out of it. Mm-hmm. And keep your mushrooms too. Okay. Agreed. Thank Keep you. Your mushrooms. You know, it's a, it's a it's a fungus, and so is toe jam. And I ain't trying to eat toe jam's cousin ever. Thank you. Now listen, I already hated mushrooms. That put me over the edge. You know what? I, I see a mushroom. Them. I say nope. My friend Tim says that that he doesn't eat them because he imagines the consistency of mushrooms is what he believes human flesh would taste like. Okay, so. Remember that airplane movie where everybody crashed in the mountains and they was there forever and they started eating the uh, the dead. Yeah, airplane. Oh yeah, airplane. Airplane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what? You eating or you not eating? Oh, what would I do? Yeah. Oh, good question. I speak jive. Right on. That's one of the things from that airplane movie, right? Yeah, and then I guess they had to eat people. I I must have fallen asleep. No, you, um, that's absolutely right. Yeah, I will tell you this. I wouldn't like. To, I don't want to eat anyone. Let's get that straight, because I'm not fucking corpses, excuse me, making love to corpses, and I'm not trying to eat corpses either. But you know how you get on a plane, and someone's got on their backpack, and they don't take it off? They're just walking down trying to see what the seat is, and they hit you a million times with the backpack. Or they're trying to shove in a piece of luggage, and you knew, because you were at the gate, and they said, please put the rest of your luggage here, because we simply can't fit on the plane, and they do it anyway. Just going to say, I'm so excited to see where this goes. But yeah, that's so you'd eat that person? I just want you to know you have touched my deepest cord. Because there's nothing more frustrating to me than when a person puts a backpack on and doesn't realize that their circumference has changed. You know, you are bigger now that when you turn to the left or the right, you are no longer the little skinny, narrow person you are from front to chest to back. You now have a backpack on and you need to account for them two feet. Yeah. And what do you got crammed in there that's making it stick straight out? It's unbelievable. People are treating it like, you know what they're treating it like? It's like another suitcase and they're trying to game the system, which I actually applaud trying to game the system, but not when it's hitting me in the face. And you know what you don't see, who you don't see doing that? You know what I've never gotten hit by? Someone's womb. They're pregnant and they're walking down. They're not swinging their womb around because they have respect and also it's their child and I'm sure. But- but, well, because yeah. women are also told all the all the time constantly that we're taking up too much space. So I think that's going to do it too. But I wanted to say there was an episode of Medium about cannibalism. And boy, oh boy, was it good. She loves Medium. Well, this seems like a great place as we're doing a little commercial for Medium uh, to, to start to wrap it up. And uh, uh, we did get a uh, an email this week. <gasps> yeah. What? Entitled Millennial Anti-Advice. And I'm going to read it. Okay. Hi, Aunt Pat and Aunt Mags. Longtime listener. First time internet person. Boy, is that the truth? Uh, thank yeah. you for that. My niece, Katie, who is Gen Z, Gen Z, Gen Z, doesn't think I'm cool and hip. I just learned that side parts and skinny jeans mean I'm worthless. What advice do you have for millennial aunts to say, stay, quote, unquote, cool, unquote, with the nieces and nephews, signed, Auntie Megs. Megs. Wow. Okay. What advice do we have for this person? Gen Z. Uh, no, the name's not Gen Z. The, the, the niece is Gen Z. Okay. I don't think that's the niece's name. I think she's Generation Z. Okay. Yeah. Her name's Katie. 
Gen Z. I mean, yeah. yeah, Gen Z. Okay. Okay. So yeah, this is this is in regards to how if you part your hair down the side, you are old. And if you wear skinny jeans, you're stupid and ugly. Uh, <laughs> and uh, which I don't buy into. What do you think, Pete? Let's like, you go first, Pete, because I want to hear your gut reaction to this. Okay. Well, the thing is, you got to meet them where they at. That's how I always look at it. You know, you meet them where they at. And every generation is a little bit different because of where we were and what's going on. And so, you know, as far as Gen Z goes, that's who they are. You know, their whole identity is not liking your identity. You know, they're not proactive. They're reactive. They don't ever go first. No Gen Z ever goes first. They look at you first and go, "Ugh, I don't like it. I want to wear a ponytail, but yours is in the back. I don't like it. So I'm gonna put mine on the top of the head. Oh, I want to wear jeans, but yours are skinny. So I'm going to wear bootleg. I wish you would wear a bootleg. It's 2020. Looking like you in the Navy. Go ahead. Put on a goddamn bootleg. Anyway, they just, they don't have any proactiveness. They just look at you. So you know what? Just be cool. Like you two. Y'all cool. You cool when you sleep. You don't have swagger. Swagger's a costume. You're cool when you sleep. You're cool right now. See, just be cool. And then what'll happen is, when they get out of their phases and they roll around, you'll be consistent. Let me tell you something. Think about that, that ridiculous relative you have that you love. And they're weird as hell. But they've been weird consistently for 30 years. And you respect the consistent weird. Not the uncle that keeps trying every new fad. Uncle weird ass chew the chalk. That's who you love. Because no matter what, he chewing chalk. It don't matter what generation it is. It don't matter what video game they playing. It don't matter what kind of music's on the radio. He chewing chalk. And you can count on that. Yeah, be yourself, right? I don't know that I could touch upon anything better than, than what you have said, Pete. But I will say this. To each their own, but if your own makes you be a dick to other people about their own, then you just may be kind of a dick. Uh, everything that has been said is... So wise. And I would just like to say, uh, cool and hip is overrated. Older and a little tired is just as good. Keep wearing whatever you want and doing whatever you want with your hair because it's your hair. It's your hair. That's right. We're talking about a group of people that haven't discovered the joy of naps yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't talk to anybody who doesn't understand how great naps are. Yeah. You know, if you don't nap regularly, I don't trust you. Anyway, I'd like to just say, Megs, Auntie Megs, you know what? The next time they say you're not cool or hip, say thank you very much. I'm not kidding, Pete. You know, we've had some brilliant people on this podcast of friends of ours, but the natural way that you have these ideas, these inventions, the way that you see the world. You're writing. Honestly, it is something else entirely. And I just wish you so much, you know, good fortune and good luck because I know we're all a little bit down on our luck right now. Oh, you're too nice. You're too nice. It's true. It's true. Let me tell you something. I am so happy to be here. I love you both. You're both great people. You, You just have hearts of gold and and eyes of silver and smiles of other metals that are valuable to people. And and oh. I just want you to know that I, I, I'm really happy to be here. I'm, I'm so glad you welcomed me into your home of sorts to spend time with you. And uh, I, I, I love y'all. Thank you. We love you so much. And if I may quote a song from the 80s that I don't know who sang it, and I don't know how fully it applies, but you're doing all right. You're getting good grades. Your future's so bright. You gotta wear shades. Oh, uh, that touches my soul. Oh, well, good. I'm so glad when that happens. So I believe, Mags, if you would grace yeah. us with the mantra for this week. Now, I think you know I'm still really thinking about last week's, and I'm I'm trying to figure it out. 
and no such luck yet, but I'm still, I got, it's like, uh, I got a whiteboard. I, I bought a whiteboard. Get some of those strings to- and pins too. Yeah. 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 I de- please definitely. There's a picture of raisins, there's peanut butter, there's an ambulance, there's a lot going on and I'm just trying to connect, uh, but I'm going to get it. And, but this one, as always is from Carol Doyle, the poet laureate, if we had one of this show. And this week's mantra is be the best aunt you can be. And the rest may or may not work itself out. Who knows? Uh, but let me read it again. Actually, I want to read that again because I, I just realized that uh, there is no punctuation except at the very end. I want to read it the way the author intended. And so here, here this goes again. Here's the mantra. Be the best aunt you can be and the rest may or may not work itself out. Who knows? Yeah, I think that is as the artist intended. I like it's very open-ended. And um, And it's like fluid, you know? It's like, do what you want. Yeah, not unlike Pete, a good friend who is is very fluid and very open and very kind. And, uh, well, we we just, we love you, Pete. (laughs) We love you so much and you are so wise. And I, for one, would listen or read or sit and and watch a visual presentation of anything that you work on. And I will keep score with you any day of the week, twice on Sundays. And I, I, it's just so happily, you are a gift. You are a gift to us and we love you. And we're so thankful that we met you drunk in the bleaches. Yes. Thank you. Keep score. Keep score. What a, what a motto. It's been another week of the podcast. And again, (laughs) thank you, Pete, for being here. We love you very much. We love you, Pete, so much. You're the best. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to those who went to Baby Makers podcast starring Colleen Doyle as your aunt Pat and Dana Carcioli as your auntie Mags. If you liked this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review us. Dear Uncle Pete is the wise and wonderful Seth K. Thomas. Seth is an actor and writer and comedian, and you can follow him at Seth underscore K underscore Thomas. Our theme song was performed by the Q's, and you can follow them at the Q's Music on Instagram. Follow those who ant on Instagram and Twitter, and if you have any questions for the ants, as always, email us at those who ant at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy, wear a mask, and for God's sakes, call your aunt.